0: The scripture for this week we're going between comfort and joy comfort and joy that's our theme for advent this year is a comfort scripture so please hear these words from isaiah 40 verses 1 through 11 comfort oh comfort my people says your god speak tenderly to jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term that her penalty is paid that she has received from the lord's hand double. For all her sin a voice cries out in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god every valley shall be lifted up every mountain and hell will be made low and the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and then the glory of the lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the lord has spoken A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass, their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass grass withers, the flower fades, and when the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings, Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord, God comes with might and God's arm rules and God's reward is with the Lord and recompense before the Lord. God will feed the flock like a shepherd and will gather the lamb in strong arms and carry them in the bosom and gently lead the mother sheep.
1: And our New Testament text, our gospel text for this morning, comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And there we read, In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Etria and Triconcetus, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book, of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight. The rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God. So, Jules, we we have this text about comfort. You've done some digging and some reading about it. Uh Tell us a little bit about where Isaiah is coming from on this and where particularly this, this book falls, this section falls.
0: You know, this is such a famous text. I read somewhere that this is the the most famous text other than like Genesis one and the first chapter of John, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone knows this somehow. And it's because, and I miss this entirely because I am a, not just a pop culture idiot but also a classical music idiot uh it's like the basis of Handel's Messiah it's the complete basis of Handel's Messiah right everyone knows this song and it uh I think the reason it's so famous and so well known is because it's so it like hits you in the gut right Mm. because it and the reason is that it was written by uh prophet in the time in a time when the people had been in exile for so long this is we know like isaiah's 66 chapters it is not written by one guy it's actually three movements it's like three acts this is the second act the first 40 or so chapters are 39 chapters are all the people suffering in exile they're just like you 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 did wrong you didn't pay attention to the widows orphans and foreigners like you've been sent away you're under this terrible ruler everything is dark and terrible and like verse chapter 40 verse 1 which is what we just read is the first moment of the new isaiah second Mm. isaiah and it's like winter is over Mm. good things are coming Yeah, And so they're, they're like, this is like that turning point, um, which I think is why it hits us so hard. Right. That's why Jesus quotes it. It's, it's like, there's something really powerful in it. Um, And so uh, we find ourselves in this space of like, kind of the groundhog poking its head out of the hole, Mm -hmm. like, what's what's coming and that's what that's the thing i found so fascinating about this is just the first couple of words we always ask the question of each other like what struck you and this is such a powerful passage you could go into all sorts of things i had no idea andy that when the scripture says comfort oh comfort it's not like here prophets go comfort the people Mm. i thought it was like comfort oh comfort them yeah. And instead, what it is, is this much more interesting thing that is like, look, comfort. Oh my gosh, there's comfort over there. Mm. It's, it's such a different way to think about how we feel when we've been in the darkness. I love this as a first, of first week of Advent text because of that. Like, of course it is. We have been all of us have stories of being in the darkness and I think this year in particular, hearing it that way is like, oh, okay because I have I have stories about having experienced comfort that way where it's like, oh look, help, it's coming. The mm-hmm. cavalry is coming over the hill. It's, they're not here yet, but they're coming and here's the hope that's on that way. Um, and I know you do too. So that's where that's where I land with this is like, look comfort. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's pointing to a reality that's already there. It's not an imperative, but it's yeah. pointing to, I love, earlier when you we were talking about this text, you, you talked about uh, Narnia, and when the, you could see the little patches of brown and the dripping because it was starting to melt and winter is starting to end and spring is coming, and it's just the beginnings of it. It isn't a reality, it isn't like instant, oh, everything's better. I mean, winter's gone, everything's cleared up, but it's the the glimmer and the beginning of what is, we can anticipate happening. It is going to get better. It is that like, there is hope that that all of this suffering that we've been enduring will not last. That's not how God works. God doesn't keep us there. And that God is present as comfort in the middle of it and pointing toward like draw near to me. I'm here to comfort you. Yeah. For those Uh, people who don't
0: know the Narnia story, maybe we should explain that. um, I grew up reading the Chronicles of Narnia and in Mm -hmm. the first book, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, which is not the best book, but we can argue about The Voyage of the Dawn Treader being the best Narnia book later. Uh, I have opinions. There's this what's true in Narnia is that the white witch has been in power for as long as people can remember. And it's, as they say, always winter, but never Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me since I was very, very small. The idea of always winter, but never Christmas. But when Aslan, the the good lion, who's going to come save Narnia um, is on the move. all of, Narn- Everybody's kind of a flutter with Narnia is like uh, Aslan's coming back. And the, all
1: emotional.
0: I know, right. <laughs> I Aslan is on the and there's I a deeper that. magic, Andy, there's a deeper yeah. magic. And uh, the snow that people keep hearing rumors of Aslan or rumors of things changing, but they haven't seen it yet. And the snow starts to melt and the winter seems to be changing mm-hmm. and everybody feels a little bit of hope. They don't have proof, but they feel it. And that, that idea that, you know, santa claus who is a real person in narnia shows up and like makes an appearance uh Mm -hmm. and like that's a sign of hope too i feel like that's just that's this it's like look comfort look the snow is melting look the um the vaccine is on its way look Mm -hmm. we have uh you know an opportunity to have a, a COVID response team at a federal level, like, like the hope it look comfort. It's uh, like, look around. Yeah. There are ways for this to be true. It's not going to be winter always another Christmas.
1: Yeah. And, and, and absolutely. And something I think is incredibly important that you just pointed out there is, is look, look, pay that's- attention. And that's the thing that stuck out to me in this particular text as we read it is there's, um, prepare the way of the Lord, look, pay attention. Hey, look, there's comfort. Check this out. Um, there's almost, the imperative is not to comfort, but to be aware and to be prepared. You know, I the, the Luke text I think is particularly great because it, it says prepare the way of the Lord. This is what's going to happen, but you're a part of prepping for that and making the path smooth and seeing the salvation of God, you need to be aware of and, and open to receiving it. You know, and even even then, uh I, I love the uh the phrasing that you used in our conversation earlier where you talked about being um uh, start like startling comfort. It's comfort that takes takes you aback that you're just like oh I didn't
0: can you give an example of that? Because yeah. I don't often think of comfort as being startling. Right. Uh, but you have a really good example, I think, of yeah.
1: What it might so might when, uh, when Amy and I were in Kauai last year and Amy had sepsis and was in the ICU for a week and was very, very close to dying uh, and was in the hospital for over two weeks, uh, I... When we were alone, it's just the two of us on the island of Kauai, and I remember feeling this sense of uh, dread and loneliness and separation and deep fear and 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 anger and grief and and confusion all at the same time. And I would be in the hospital for most of the day, and I would go back to the motel room by myself and wallow in that until I could finally find some sleep. But every morning I would go for a walk and just walk along the path that goes along the beach and uh, just to have some time to sort of center or, or just think or just not get myself ready to be in the hospital all day and for whatever that may bring. And I remember walking along the the beach there and thinking, and sort of half maybe meditation, praying, crying out anger to God. But I remember getting a text from our friend, Melissa Reed. And she said, sorry, she said, you are not alone. You are not alone. We are right there with you. We are with you. And you are surrounded by people who love you and care for you. And then the next text came from our friend Ron. And then I got the next one. And it was just like this wave of support that came that I, I felt genuinely as the presence of God in that moment. And I was like, I had to stop on the path as I was walking and keep and, and weep and feel uh, a sense of being just God was present and holding me in that moment via this communication from the people of God, from the body of Christ. And to me, being startled by comfort, it means being able to be um, open and aware that this is a possibility. I think in my desperation, I I was more aware of that. Um, I don't know if I could have received that well when I was uh, in the hotel room by myself, um, probably drinking a little too much to try to get to sleep. I probably would, wasn't open to that. And during the day when I was with my wife and paying attention to every single thing that was happening to her and and therefore to us, uh, I, I, it, there was not an awareness or an openness to that. Um, it was because I took some time to intentionally be separate from it. And And I think that there's something to that right now for for us for those of us who want to be startled by comfort or nt wright talks about being surprised by hope if we are looking for that i think it's it's uh, it's important for us and and this can often come by way of practice as we know because we continually talk about it but but to be ready and to prepare ourselves to prepare our hearts for for hope, for for comfort that God wants to show us via all sorts of means. And I would say that, I'll take it even a step further, and that may mean that though we should pay attention to what's going on in our world, and we should pay attention to um, what's going on in terms of the fight for racial justice and what's going on in terms of, of COVID-19 and the pandemic, there's also there needs to be space to pull ourselves away from that. If we spend all our time on Facebook and Twitter and reading all the news and being overwhelmed by it, and in some sense wallowing in that and not taking the time to open ourselves and be available, even to cry out to God, which Isaiah mentions as well, um, I think that makes it that more difficult for us to be startled by comfort and surprise by hope does that make sense
0: if if all you're doing is paddling 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 and you you, you'll miss the island right Mm -hmm. like you'll miss the rescue coming if you're just driving constantly which is we've recently preached about sabbath and i Mm -hmm. think that this is one of the reasons god wants us to practice those rhythms of approach and withdraw so that we can we can see new things we can see again we can look up and be aware of oh here's something to look at here's the illumination here's the the revelation here's the comfort coming here's the astonishment that god has um ready for us if we just look for it if we just see it and over and over again in this text both the luke text and the isaiah text words like proclaim look see behold behold there there's just attention Mm -hmm. attention 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 because how are we ever going to experience the real presence of the incarnation which is coming if we aren't awake
1: yeah yeah or if we're doing and we we talked about this too if instead of being open to and available to and paying attention to what is deep and abiding yeah. uh, comfort? We are seeking temporary
0: Superficial comfort. comfort.
1: Superficial. It's a, it's the difference between uh, like a warm blanket and a warm soul, right? That we can we can comfort ourselves by putting a blanket on and trying to get cozy, but there's something there's a deeper comfort that is a warming of the soul and. We've all done this through the pandemic. We found ways to comfort ourselves, um, be it that extra uh, drink, be it that cookie or, or, or whatever it is. That, that just I'll binge one more episode of that. <laughs> that and, and, and those have their place. They do. But that's not deep and abiding comfort, Right.
0: And that's what I think the text is pointing at when it says, you know, it compares the people to grass and that, that we, we wither, we come and we go, we live and we die. Things happen to us. The human condition is finite, but the word of God, which is like the performative, when we're, when God speaks, God does, right. That's what the logos mm-hmm. is. That's what Jesus Christ is as the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's when creation comes into being it's because of the spoken word of God and the divine the word of God will stand forever mm. and this sense of we have been in darkness the people who have been in darkness have seen a great light is another text that we always speak at Christmas yeah. we have been in darkness we have experienced exile we are still many of us feeling in exile, in grief, in loss, in debt, in deep, deep, deep darkness, and in, in and through and underneath and beyond all of that, God's steadfast love endures forever and has. That's mm-hmm. what I think one of the powerful pieces of this text, the reason that it stays with us is it claims and it promises, you believe that you have been abandoned. But comfort, look, there is comfort here. And it's not following this sense of, oh, we've earned a respite. It's Mm. always been there if you just pop your head up long enough to see it. God's steadfast love endures forever. The word of God stands forever. And I think that that's why this hits so hard is it's a reminder When it seems like you have not, you're not only in the worst time, but you have been in the worst time forever for time immemorial. In fact, look up because God has been there the entire time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what Melissa was telling me. Essentially in the the text, the friends were saying receipt. Hey, look, comfort. Here we are. Here we are. And that's, which I, I realized that, um, there's the the imperative is not there necessarily telling us to be comfort. It's saying, look, comfort. However, the beauty of the possibility of being an agent of comfort, which is what those friends were to me and all those folks were to me. And I know you've experienced that as well. Having agents of comfort in your life. Uh, I wonder what that looks like for us to, to not only be paying attention to the comfort that we can receive, but also ways that we can be um, a source of that deep comfort, a- agents of that deeper magic, yeah. as they say in Narnia, that, that deeper comfort. Uh, I think a lot of times it's we, during maybe, especially during the holidays, we find ourselves giving superficial comfort, right? The tidings of comfort and joy are really superficial. Um, We we send a Christmas card. No offense to Christmas cards.
0: No, there's lots of things that are good. And Mm -hmm. if you want to have this deeper impact of that steadfast love that endures forever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that uh, the Hebrew word is hesed. If you yeah. want to have hesed in the world and really and truly comfort people, what what else is there? How can how you, you get to by surprise with it?
1: Yeah, and and you, how can you participate in it, right? And that and that, that to me is uh, that's the essence of maybe the essence of the Advent season.
0: Oh, now now you might not. Us. Us. Did we just have the Scrooge moment at the end of the Christmas Carol? I think so. Coming from you someone who's spark? a little bit of a
1: Scrooge.
0: <laughs> oh, Andy, it oh. might—we might be in the Dickens Christmas Carol. You might have finally turned the meaning of Christmas. You've discovered it.
1: Oh, oh, oh my, um, dream, my, green heart is growing within my chest.
0: <laughs> we can stop now because it's happened. It's finally six years. <laughs> Six years it's happened. I want to just fall oh. on my knees and say thank you. Okay. Uh, oh, you can't fight the spirit of Christmas. It is a relentless force. Uh, I, I, I will say
1: I am encouraged by uh, opportunities to both give and receive this comfort um, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by the text telling us it's there. And it's still coming. There's more to come. <laughs> like you can anticipate more. It's and so done. I, it's not done. It's not done though. It may feel like it's done <laughs> as it, we read in first in, uh, in John one, the darkness cannot, does not, will not overcome the light. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Uh, and so the question for us, I think is how we are agents of that and recipients of that. So. Um, couple of questions. Jules, what do yes. we have for our folks to converse about this week?
0: So the questions for this week are, when have you been startled by comfort in the way that Andy maybe described, maybe some other way? Where have you been surprised by hope? Tell that story, share that good news with someone. That is good news when we can point toward that together. And then. Reflect on how can you practice being an agent of comfort this season? Uh, sort of a, maybe a secret agent sometimes. We want uh, people to really experience the goodness, the grace, the love, the steadfastness of God through us in the Christmas seasons. How do you do that? Mm. So those are two questions. When have you been startled by comfort and how can you practice it?
1: Beautiful. Well, week one of Advent. Here we go, uh, Jules. Would you pray for us, and then I think it's your turn to sing as well. So you it pray is- and sing for us.
0: Okay, I have my Advent candle here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it while we sing the benediction too. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, who leads us like a shepherd leads the sheep, who comforts us, who provides us with surprising comfort even in the midst of exile light in the darkness we look forward to seeing more light we ask that you help us to open our eyes and our hearts and our spirits to the places where we are being asked to see and be startled by your spirit and we pray that you will make us agents of that spirit this season We give thanks for the opportunity to serve you, to be together in the various ways we are able to gather in this strange time to give thanks for the connections that remain between us and that are strengthened by you. And we give thanks in the name of Jesus who is to come, who will be incarnated in our midst, who is already in us through the spirit. Thank you, creator God. Amen. Men. All right, friends, let's sing the benediction together. Here's my single Advent candle. We'll see how I can do this next week when I have to hold two or four. <laughs> We've got to make it work. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Pandemic is its own kind of complicated logistical thing. Let's sing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance, Upon you, and give you, give you, give you peace.
1: Continue to stay safe, at home, in peace, and love, and serve the Lord, and love one another. Love you.
0: Love you all.